Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are Merely Role Players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this studio production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours, and we use role-playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. In this production, we're playing the classic edition of Fiasco, designed by Jason Morningstar and published by Bully Pulpit Games, with a playset called When the Music Stopped. Please take your seats in the studio. Tonight's production is about to begin. The band is getting back together. 67 years we've been going. I'm not getting any younger. We gotta take it back to where it all began. Back to the beanstalk. Big Karen and Sweaty Jim didn't give you any problem. No, it's Dave. He likes to pretend he's called Dave. I like calling him Sweaty Jim. If you told me two weeks ago when I first met with Sue that I'd be getting a replacement who's a stonemason, well, I'd say get the fuck out of here. The block of stone with the spy hammer through it is missing. You His name is Tito Luna. I'm thinking of beheading him. We need him on stage, front and centre. Get him away from security. And then I can strike. Players Studio Production, Act 3 of 3. Curtain up, and the first scene is yours, Josh. Okay, so I can establish or I can resolve, Indeed. as before. Mm, yeah. The difference here now is that if I get a good or a bad dice at the end, I keep it rather than granting it to somebody else. Exactly. So mechanically speaking, it makes sense to resolve, because then regardless of the scene that happens, I will mm-hmm. get to choose the dice I get. But that's not fun. <laughs> and I think, I think I know what I want the scene to be. Okay. okay. So I'm going to fast forward in time a little bit to maybe the day or two days before the gig. Yeah. The final blowout. Bilbo has flown the band, the crew, everybody on private jets, to his holiday home in the Caribbean. Wow. A big, horrible, gaudy-like mansion spilling out onto the beach for a big pre-show bender. Pool party, blaring music, all sorts of vices on offer. Yeah. Bilbo is throwing this party to get everybody in the mood for this last hurrah. It's a big rock star move. You know, it's Wolf of Wall Street-style debauchery. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, it's a big gaudy Caribbean style mansion that spills out onto a private mm-hmm. beach. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people in swimwear, you know, it's lots of drinking from the bottle of high quality champagne. And are the people we're partying with also really old? Uh <laughs> well, that changes it, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> oh Bill Bowie's such a sweetheart. <laughs> we're all in bed by 8 pm. <laughs> we'll wake up at four. Um no, I think it's a bit of a mixture. Okay. I think okay. Bilbo still likes to party. I think there's still some like hangers-on and groupies and like family of, of the mm. um, various band and crew mm. members. So what I want to do is I want to... So I, I've set that, but I'd like everybody to contribute like one element of debauchery so that we all have a chance to say what's going on. Sure. So I think there is a giant ice sculpture that people are doing vodka shots out of, mm-hmm. but it's in the shape of Bilbo, like <laughs> yeah. riding on the back of a lion. 
Just right. holding a fist up in the air. Who sculpted the ice? Ooh! Well, the thing is, ice sculpture is very different from marble sculpture. <laughs> sure, fair, fair. Yeah, Sorry, so... Uh, the, the look Alex just gave me of pure, like, you don't understand, you filth. Mm. I had to go local. I've got a... Bilbo's got an ice guy in the Bahamas. Because <laughs> otherwise, if they wait for you to come over to sculpt it, it would have melted because it's very hot. And in fact, it is dripping everywhere. So in fact, it's starting to look more and more like Bilbo as it drips and like disfigures, <laughs> gets smaller and smaller. Nah, what else do you I, I think that, um, you know, an important part of the rock and roll lifestyle is classically throwing televisions out of hotel room windows. <laughs> yeah. This is a workshop that Sue is willing for, is happy for Greg to join. Uh-huh. But if he so chooses. But at the moment, she's trying to convince granddaughter guitarist <laughs> to do it who's very like just straight laced and monotone and I think like TVs is too big an ass to start with so we've started we've gone smaller and we're throwing toasters into the pool (laughs) into the pool they're not plugged in are they yeah I was going to say what no no, they're not plugged in but we've gathered the toasters in the hotel and now we're throwing it just feels like a different proposition to throw a flat screen TV out of a window (laughs) it does that that is that you've got to have chuckle brothers to me to you like they're too big nowadays you can't like Solo. You've got to make sure the corner hits the window. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like a champagne jacuzzi, please. Oh, nice. Oh wow, that's going to be stinky. About yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. People are getting in and then realize, like, because it's like, woo, champagne jacuzzi, mm. yeah. and then realizing the reality of champagne. Woo! Jacuzzi. I didn't think this through. <laughs> yeah. That's rock and roll, baby. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, I think, I think, um, Mike is demonstrating his lifting skills to people. He's just asking people to get him to lift stuff and to prove that he can lift anything. Are you is, not... he, is he going up to people and saying, do you even lift, bro? Yes. But it's not in a derogatory or like condescending way. It's a genuine question. Yeah. Do you even lift? Do you want me to do you want me to lift something for you? Yeah. And um I mean he's 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 drunk as a skunk. Yeah. But he's li- just lifting people, um, objects, furniture, plant pots. Yeah, everything. I think there's an area where the roadies, the guys and the girls on yeah, the crew, yeah, yeah. are all peacocking like in Venice Beach in America, <laughs> yeah. where they're just yeah, they're, they're yeah. oiled up, they're in their swimwear, and yeah. they're just lifting things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, servers uh, walking around, gliding around the whole beach and house space, holding trays, some of which have glasses, some of which have bottles, mm-hmm. some of which have other substances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. on freely flowing on offer for everybody. Yeah. Like and little, little slices of prawn toast, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. definitely what I mean by other rock and roll substances. Yeah, yeah. hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Uh, and every member of the band is joining in to the full extent of their physical capability. So the, so the drummer has had half a lager shandy and he's running around naked around the, <laughs> yeah, around yeah, the, yeah. Around the pool. Um, and Greg is enjoying... The lifestyle, you know, Greg, Greg is Greg is starting to warm up to the the po- like the joys and possibilities of letting go and being rock and roll. It's not but just the temperature of the jacuzzi. It, I know he's he spent more time in there than anybody. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's so sticky. <laughs> <laughs> he, fe- he feels like uh, he's catching up on lost time. Like the rest of the band <laughs> yeah. have clocked up so many champagne jacuzzi hours mm. over their long long lives and uh greg is only just getting into the champagne jacuzzi lifestyle mm. but there is still that one line that he has not crossed so in the midst of the partying bilbo swanning around like hugh hefner in like a in like a long um dressing gown robe sort of high-fiving people on the way on the way past and he sees sue and does a little sort of salute to her bilbo 
looks at Mike, who's lifting, and says, Great lifting, Mike! Uh, and sort of circles and does the rounds before noticing Greg, who's in the champagne jacuzzi. Just getting out of the champagne jacuzzi, I think. And nice. just, just as he's getting out and toweling off uh, one of the servers, uh, like offers him uh, a laden platter of powders and pills and uh, uh, injectables and all sorts. And he, he waves them away, pushes them away. Something okay. from the table, sir? No, not not for me, thank you. I um, uh, uh, Is there a, somebody, somebody had whiskey and prawn toast? Uh, where's where's that person? Ah, uh, yes, LSD infused prawn toast, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, I. Uh, where's the other prawn toast person? <laughs> Hi. Would you like some prawn toast? Is it just prawn toast? Yes. Uh, I'll take the tray, thank you very oh, much. Enjoy, sir. At which point Bilbo approaches and knocks the tray full of prawn toast out of your hand. It's my prawn toast! <laughs> Some of it lands in the jacuzzi. All the of ball. it. All of it lands in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and sitting in the jacuzzi is our keyboard player, who, in, despite being in in like a swimsuit, still wearing the helmet, yeah. and just sitting, and somehow up to in their the neck. Sw- even though they're in a swimsuit, we still can't tell what. No, because they just they're sitting up to their neck, so you don't yeah. see what's below. Greg, my prawn toast. Good party, huh? Oh, amazing! The one thing that hasn't changed in the world is this sort of party before. The I never, I never imagined I could live this kind of lifestyle. I, I owe it all to you. Ah, hush, hush now, boy. <laughs> I've been impressed. You've done real good. Your voice is developing. Your peacocking up on the stage is getting better and better. I'm loving it. I'm. Re- I really feel like that. You took me away from my stone carving life, and I really feel like this is my calling. This is what I was made to do. Hey. And he sort of leans in close and realises there's a height disparity, so like grabs you by the nape of the neck and pulls you down so you're face to face. Ah! <laughs> Greg's back snaps slightly. Oh, sorry! We've got some painkillers for that. It's your band now, kid. Listen, no, no, Bilbo, no, it's not listen, yet. Shut the, the, the final gig, the final gig, Bilbo. Shut the fuck up. Come with me. Puts his hand on your back and you begin to walk down the beach away from the mansion towards the sea, and the sun is beginning to set. And we're facing west, so we see this beautiful sunset. Uh, the sky turns a multitude of pinks and blues and oranges. And a beautiful Caribbean sunset. Someone's playing Spanish guitar, but like far enough away that you, that you can hear them, they can't hear you. Mm. And he sort of walks and talks with you. And says, Greg, as I said, I'm so, so impressed with what you've done. And this gig is going to be legendary. My final swan song. And your introduction into the world of rock and roll. Real passing of the torch. It's going to be hot. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be on fire. We are going to burn the house down. But, Greg, take a seat. And he sits down on the sand. There's, there's lots of snapping and crackling as both of us sit <laughs> down. Oh, shit. God damn it. Oh, fuck. Oh. And popping. Whole <laughs> <laughs> rice crispies. Would you like a bowl of cereal? <laughs> I hope it's going to be a short conversation. I don't think either of us can sit down like this for long. No. (laughs) Last time I sat down like this, I couldn't get up for three days. It was hell. Listen, Greg, there's one last thing that I need you to do. And I appreciate that you can say no. In some ways, I want you to say no. I don't want you to live exactly the same life that I have. But what's important for me is that tonight is my... my final time of being a rock star two days before the performance. My last blowout. My last big rave. I've been drinking and snorting and huffing and puffing since the 60s, Greg. And I've loved every minute of it. But it's time that I 
begin to think about not doing it quite so much, about toning it down. But you always said it was better to burn out than to fade away. And tonight is my burnout. One last time with my protégé. I need you to let go of your morals and your hang-ups and just realize, Greg, the drugs are cool. (laughs) (laughs) And he uh, claps his hands and a procession of serving men and women begin to make their way down the beach with serving platters and on each one is a different form of narcotic. So there's a couple of needles on this one, there's some lines of this, there's some pills of this and they begin sort of circling. Some nice rollies. The the fattest rollies you've ever seen. Fattest rollies you've ever seen, you know, lighter, ready to go at your word Um, before Bilbo breaks into a BR guest dance number. (laughs) 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 Try the ketamine, it's delicious. Um, He looks you square in the eyes with his cold, haunting gaze. Says, what do you say? I feel like choosing the right one is a big decision for my rock and roll persona. What You you know me. You've trained me. Which do you recommend? Oh, Greg, I recommend all of them. (laughs) What's important is in what what order you do them. (laughs) Let's start with this. I'll look after you, my kid. And he puts the big fat doobie in your mouth. Puts one in his own. To us! And he lights the, uh, the spliff in your mouth. To us! Ross! And you sort of, we sort of <laughs> clink <laughs> the, the weed. Ah, uh, yes. Two seasoned drug professionals <laughs> role-playing how to use them. <laughs> we smoke on the weed cigarette. What are you talking about? I know how to do the weed. <laughs> uh, and we enjoy our night. Safely, responsibly. At first. (laughs) Nat, next scene is yours to establish or resolve. Yeah, I think I established the last two times and I don't have a strong leaning about what scene this is going to be, so I'm going to resolve. Okay. Is this going to be... Backstage? I think Mike straight comes out and goes, Sis, I've got something to tell you. Tell me. So, you know know my grand plan? Yes. The Tito. The murder. Yeah. yeah. I've, roped, I've roped him Bilbo. Oh, okay. He said that he'd invite him on stage. But the only the only problem with that is that he's, he's asked for you to not have the three-minute theremin solo by the very end. In in exchange for helping us. Yeah, yeah. Murder. Yeah. Tito, which we definitely, definitely both want to do. Yeah, definitely both want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to die. Die. The man's yes. an ass. Yes. So what I'm thinking is, and I don't want to do this, but maybe a little bit of a, a double cross of Bilbo because I I I think we're all the better theremin player. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I, uh, I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always just let him because he needed something else. I you know, know he has I the, know. his ego. Yeah. So I needed to let him because I do play a lot of instruments, and it's probably too many for one person. Yeah. He does the same in. He does the same one every time, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, is we can we can pretend that he's he's playing. I could just pipe in. Get, I can get the guys on the sound desk to just pipe in an old recording of the theremin solo. So he yeah. thinks he's playing it, but actually you're playing it. Right, so you want me to mimic his movements. Yeah, yeah. And play, but then but then I'll be playing his shit solo and not my eloquent, beautiful music. Ah, oh, fuck. It's almost as if this perfectly flawless plan of mine has some flaws. 
You didn't think it through, I did didn't you, know. Mike? I just, oh, I just want, I want him dead so badly. So I think while we're having this conversation, Sue, Sue is doing her usual, just like slightly intense stare through all of the hair, mm-hmm. and has got her hand on the subconsciously put her hand on the the cage of the tiger. Yeah. Uh, t t t l j t l j t l j Tito Luna Junior. Tito Luna Junior. Uh, the tiger. Did we we did clarify on recording that the tiger was Tito's, and that makes him a bad person. For for you listeners, <laughs> the tiger is Tito's, and that makes him a bad person. And a light switch flicks. How about? Oh, oh. Like, how about? I know we do need to get revenge. Yeah. I'm I'm on board with revenge. Right. I don't know how on board I am with murder. Right. I appreciate you've been building up to this. Yeah. You've been you've been it's there's my a flawless lot. my flawless plan, remember. Your flawless phallus is, <laughs> is hanging it? in the balance. It really is. Hanging from one of the pulleys running yeah, up yeah, into yeah. the fly tower of the beanstalk yeah. is uh Mike's final mm-hmm. magnum opus sculpture. Yeah. yeah. No cherub. No cherub, all phallus. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually the the. I don't know if I've said this before, but all of the cherubs were basically uh, a mask to just carve massive penises. Um, and so for his final one, because he thinks Tito is a dick, he was going to lower a big dick right at the very end when he's killed him. And is it like the carving? Yes. Abstract, representational, or like fully anatomically correct? Anatomically correct, but, cock and balls. But just correct. enormous. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's. What I've got I'm... it. I've got the image. I've got the picture. Have you? Yeah. Locked in. <laughs> so hand on the tight cage. What if? Yeah. What if? Instead of murder. Right. We just torch this place down. Fire. We're never yeah. going to perform here again. No. Not in this form. No. What more legendary thing could we do than take it down? He would never make any money from this place no. again. We'd be like a, a phoenix rising from the ashes. Exactly, with yeah. our new front man. Yes. All new <gasps> Bilbo and the Sherpas. So that's such a bare idea. And maybe our little friend here, yeah. stroking the tiger's cage. Yeah. Can help us out. Oh, oh no. Oh. Yeah. Steady, steady. Steady. Soon, my friend. Soon. You will have your time. Yes. Yes. It's creepy how you can commune with animals like that. Shh. Ow. Oh. You can still use your phallus. Yeah. Don't worry. You can still drop we'll it know, on the we'll stage. Know that. Yes. Maybe, rather than just lowering it, you let it drop. Oh. <gasps> But smashing not... phallus. Maybe that's our new bed now. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time, Greg has been backstage just standing facing a corner on some sort of either hype up or come down. And you just hear from that corner, Stone survives fire. <laughs> <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> How long has he been there? A scurry is over. <laughs> To Greg, turns him around, <laughs> stares into his eyes. They're very bloodshot. <laughs> Greg, how are you doing? I can see death. Good. Yes. 
Use it. It's in me. I can feel it swelling up through my esophagus. Oh, you, yeah, you'll find that'll go away in a minute. Um, just have plenty of water, my dear. <laughs> uh, you hear over the PA the sound of your front of house engineer mm-hmm. saying, uh, OK, f- five minutes, guys, five minutes to sound check. This is your time. You will be ready. And you will not stand directly below the phallus. Yeah, don't don't stand directly below that. Greg cranes his head back to look up at the phallus, keeps going and just falls over backwards flat as a board. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Stay there. So, I'm going to prep some uh, flammables. Lovely. And, uh, see you at the finale. I love that your, your hand shadow gesture for flammables is the same for edibles. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get those two confused. No, or maybe two. Oh. Oh. No, anyway, no. right, yeah. So, three, two, one. Twins! All right, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compere and voice of Greg Nevin. While the players are getting ready for their next scene, let's you and I take a look through the programme. This, of course, is the third and final act of Monumental Exit, uh, which means that with the production pretty much complete, the story parts of it anyway, this is a great time to share it with people. Potentially leave us a review if you've been enjoying Monumental Exit. Uh, Somewhere like Podchaser or Apple Podcasts would be great. Uh, Or tell a friend that there are now three full episodes of this complete morbid weird, lewd, rock and roll, drug fueled story that they can binge all at once. Now that the final act of Monumental Exit is here, uh, here's what's coming up over the next few weeks. So next week, 15th of November, we've got the post-show discussion wrap-up of this production, where the cast and I will try to make sense of anything that's happened in the past three acts. The following week, 22nd of November, we have the second of our replay backstage series, where Josh and I are going to take a look back at Five Stage A Rescue, our second ever production here on Merely Role Players, uh, where famously some cleaning ladies were running guns and Christopher Starkey pissed a urinal all the way through a wall. And then the week after that, on the 29th of November, we will be returning to Vigil, our main house production, where Marta De Silva, Natalie Winter, Chris Buxy, and Ellen Gould will return to Sheridan for Vigil All Aboard. This one's been cooking a little while. I'm excited about it. It literally goes some places, uh, and I think you're going to enjoy the implications that it has for the world that we've built for Vigil. Last thing in the programme before I go call beginners for this next scene is an ad for Snyder's Return. Snyder's Return is an interview and actual play podcast. Adam, who runs it, is an incisive, intelligent interviewer who does plenty of research so that he can ask the right questions. Uh, I say this as somebody who's been interviewed on Snyder's Return before, back last Halloween when we did Lights Out at the London Horror Festival. Uh, So there are plenty of interviews in the back catalogue with me and many other people uh, in the tabletop space to go back and enjoy. And plus, uh, there is some actual play stuff there as well, which I know you enjoy because you're here listening to us. 
And here's Adam to tell you a little bit more about that. And after that, please take your seats in the studio once again, as Monumental Exit Act 3 is about to conclude. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure, so you can learn about different game systems and content creation while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform, so come join us as we improvise, adapt and overcome. Alex, penultimate scene. Yes. Would you like to establish or resolve the penultimate scene? Well, I'm going to establish that Mike is waiting, lighter in hand, by the... By I mean, the... this has got to be during the gig, though, right? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. At the, at the sound desk. Well, no, I'm, I'm the roadie, so I'm going to be bringing on oh, okay. um, different guitars and stuff. So I'm, I'm to the side of the stage, right. um, making sure that I can lower the, the dick. So, gigs in full flow. You've been handing off um, guitars yeah. throughout the thing. Making sure that's all going smoothly. I've got my lighter and I've got my hand on the release for the statue. Which, of course, is very close to the release for the tiger cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It, um, if anything bad were to happen, it could. Yeah. But that's fine. So we're in, we're mid-set yeah. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. How's it yeah, been going yeah. so far? So far, so good. Everything is, um, I mean, even with Greg, Greg's picked up, like, well, he's perked up. So he's he's more compassmentous. He's given a really good performance. He's in the zone. Yeah, in the zone. Like, I feel like Bilbo and Greg are like sharing. Yeah. Like, like maybe the first yeah. couple of numbers, it was just Bilbo. And mm-hmm. then Greg was introduced. Yeah. And we've mm-hmm. done some duets. And yeah. we've taken, we've swapped some numbers. We've done some stuff mm-hmm. where we're both doing vocals. There's like the first time it happened, there was a ceremonial like stepping back from Bilbo to say, Share the mic with me, so we both sang into yeah. the same mic. Mm. Oh, Greg brought his own mic. Ooh, explain. Greg walked out onto the stage, bringing his own mic stand with his own mic, which presumably Mike passed to him from yeah. the wings, mm. like one of those old, styly, like old school rock and roll mics that you see mm. in recording studios. So this is uh, what was in the package. That Tito delivered, Tito mm-hmm. and Meredith delivered to Greg oh, at the yeah. end of Act One. This is the mic from the first performance of Bilbo and the Sherpas at the Beanstalk. So I don't know whether Bilbo recognises it, but that is what Greg is singing into for this gig. Mm. I think it takes him a few songs to realise, uh-huh. but he does spot it and it immediately floods his brain with memories, good memories of that mm-hmm. first gig. The younger, slightly more together Bilbo, and the fun times he had with his bandmates who have since grown old and passed on and left him alone as the head man of this uh, of this band. If he still had tear ducts that worked, he would probably shed a tear. But years of chemical abuse have sort of <laughs> sealed them up. And sort of mid mid solo on on the, he's playing the theremin on one of the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets too much for him and he sort of drops it and takes a step away from it to recover I mean, on the back of the stage. Sue is there to take over immediately mm. and uh, and look and is is playing but also kind of looking off sideways to to check in and mm. make sure and like clocks eyes mm. with Mike mm-hmm. and and play, whilst playing the theremin she makes the hand signals of check in with Bilbo. 
So Mike Mike comes on under the pretense of of handing Bilbo another instrument. Mm. Um, sort of kneels down and goes, Bilbo, what mate? You what? You what, mate? One last time. I yeah, didn't think man. I'd ever say those words. Oh man, get emotional, yeah. I am. Use it. Get in the zone. Focus all of that energy. You've got this, pal. Do you need this guitar? Fuck it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> he takes it from you, puts the guitar on, and then immediately starts breaking into an impromptu guitar solo, but remains further <laughs> upstage, allowing the limelight to shine on... Uh, what's your name again? On Greg. I was going to say Nev for a second there. On Greg. Maybe that was the yeah. moment mm. when you had your uh, your stagger back, mm. right? Is that it was supposed to be a duet and you were going in confident knowing that my theorem was going to be turned down. Mm. And then you'd not even notice that it hadn't because you were so distracted mm. by the new microphone. Mm-hmm. So so Sue just swept in yeah. and, and took it over and it was fine. Yeah. Because she's a consummate pro. Maybe when I got the guitar off of Mike as yeah. well, we sort of played a nice little yeah, yeah, duet. Yeah. Mike's like, go away with that one. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I think Sue and Bilbo sort of lock eyes in a sort of mutual respect moment. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, but you do spot, Mike, that he is currently performing his solo directly underneath the marble fans. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to be moving oh, away no. from that spot. Oh, no. How do I get him out of there? Right, I've got to think. I've got to think. I'm interested. How, how is it going down with the audience? And, like, mm. are we doing... Obviously, Greg is a new addition, but are we do it playing the hits or are we... Weaving in some new material, and how is it going down? Um, probably weaving in like the occasional new yeah. song. I don't think we've released new albums recently. Maybe like one track yeah. that we just about managed to pull together. But we've got a sixty-year back catalogue, so yeah. there's plenty to play. Yeah, I feel like the audience is full-on flip-flopping. We have some that they're like, "Wow, yeah, it's amazing," and then they're like, oh. "Yeah." <laughs> I feel there's different generations of people there that's, that followed us during the 60s and then the 80s and then the modern crowd that yeah. had one song that was featured in a film recently and so they yeah. love that song. So, like Nat says, flip-flopping. There's also an awful lot of weird whistling noises from people's um, hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an awful lot of that. Yeah. Just like Bit a of sea feedback. of clangers. <laughs> Yeah, there's like someone's being carried by the crowd, except it's a really old chap in a wheelchair that's very confused. He's like lifted up by the wheels and carried along. Seems to be having a great time, but is yeah. very confused. There's a lot of crutches in the air. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of, a couple of times people are facing the wrong way. See <laughs> <laughs> older women who are like looking off in one direction because they haven't got their glasses on right. And yeah, this is definitely like in a, after uh, Greg has been introduced... There's definitely like a kind of a wave in in one of the lulls between songs. There's definitely like a a wave of murmurings of, oh, wouldn't you lovely young man? Mm. As Mike is back in the wings Mm -hmm. with his hand back on the the phallus release, panicking about what to do about where Bilbo is standing, Tito Luna pops into the... into the wings ready for his entrance he knows that mm. he's uh, Bilbo's security have gone and got so it's it's uh, Tito and Sweaty De- Sweaty Jim and Big Karen mm. yeah arrive in the wings just to you know to wait for Tito's big invitation on stage mm-hmm. I think uh, the um, PA is there as well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Meredith what's her name Meredith, Meredith yeah. and Karen <laughs> and Karen sure fantastic they are deep in conversation they yeah. really really enjoy each other's company <laughs> 
don't say anything. <laughs> I'm like I'm like still with fury. Mm. I'm just stock still staring at you, much in the same way that Sue might stare at you. But mm. just like I don't know what to say, what to do, and I'll just go, Tito, and just brush past you. Okay. He um, sort of gives you um, a healthy sort of uh, smack on on the back in a mm. sort of well done, congratulatory sort of way, and he's going around backstage and shaking hands with the roadies and. I muttered the word friends. prick under my, <laughs> under my breath and um, go off to start some fires because that's what this has come to. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start the fires at the back. There are some big drapes um, that I've already soaked in, um, in, in white spirit or, or something that will make them go up nice and quick. Um, so I like those just so that they'll look like some, some sort of pyrotechnics to mm-hmm. start with, but they'll slowly catch and go around other places. What were you lighting them with? Um, a lighter. Just one that you carry in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is that? Except when you reach for it, it's not there. <gasps> and Meredith appears behind you. <gasps> what are you doing, Mike? Nothing. Looking for this. Uh, yeah, yeah, th- thanks. Could you just pass that to me? I, I, I need to have a, a cigarette break. No, Mike, it's over. What do you mean it's over? Michael! So good to see you again. Caught you red-handed this time, haven't we? Naughty boy. Caught him in the act, like you said, boss. Mm. I thought the, uh, thought the curtains smelt a bit flammable. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were we were Bilbo's hench people. Oh no, we he, pay, he made I us can, a better offer, I remember? Pay me, darling, remember? I, I do have memory problems. Thank you for reminding just, me. Just in the last ten minutes when we went up to get him and bring him on stage, he made us that better offer. That's, That's it. right, and he does call you Dave, which is your actual name and Karen, I know. I've Dave. never I've never had no. such great job satisfaction. No, I am having a really good time in these last five minutes. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. If you can just make sure that none of uh, Bilbo's security get involved in what's about to happen next, I would very much appreciate that, okay? We're on it, boss. <laughs> thank you, Karen. Thank you, David. <laughs> bye bye now. Meredith hands you the lighter. What are we going to do with you, then? Dunno. Dunno. Mike is completely out of his depth. Like, he hadn't, he hadn't foreseen someone guessing what was going on. Wasn't such a good plan, was it, Michael? Uh, 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 it would appear not, no. I have a question. What? Where's the sword? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd forgotten about that. So that's a very good question, Mr. Boothman. Mike, Mike's completely forgotten about that because it's now not part of the plan. So he, he's brought it along, but the plan's changed. So it's backstage, conveniently, within reach. I turn away from, from you and go, I'm, I'm sorry about this, but it, it could hurt a little bit. Oh, Michael, you don't have to apologise. I forgive you. And as he says that, I pull the sword out of the stone, gasp a little bit, because I wasn't sure that I could do it. Sticks it he sticks his massive roadie boot yeah. on, the, on the stone and yanks. Yanks it and pull it out of the stone, which causes a cascade of sparks to come out. I whip it round and behead Tito. <laughs> as I do it, I turn around and go, oh, I'm, uh, I wasn't meant to do that. Oh, piss. An arterial spray of blood <laughs> from the uh, next stump 
uh, sprays up in an arc uh, and sprays whoever's upstage right, the percussionist and the didgeridoo player on stage, <laughs> who turn and scream, seeing the headless corpse fall to the floor. And as the fire spreads, it reaches the rope, yes. tying things up into the flies. And I, this is less important, but also Meredith's hair, which has too much hairspray. Oh, yeah. So she started screaming. Is she running around screaming with a flaming hair? Yes. Amazing. Do you reckon that the tiger cage might come open while she's running around? I think it does. (laughs) Victory is assured! (laughs) But, I mean, it's still a bad outcome for Mike, so this is not how Mike wanted this to go. And, like, he's probably trapped in some... Yeah, well, I think um, I think trapped by the fire that he's created, and right next to a body that he's decapitated, um, he's realised that killing Tito was a terrible idea, and he shouldn't have done it. But it was a genuinely honest mistake because he pulled it out, yanked too hard, sprang round, and caught him. Did you say that the fire spread to the rope? Yes. Yeah, holding up the phallus. Yes, Does yeah. That fall from the rigging. Oh, it might. It might fall from the rigging. Yes. Okay. The fire spreads to the rope and the fibres of the rope begin to split and yeah. blacken and the, the phallus jerks downwards slightly uh-huh. yeah. as it begins to fall. And as it begins to fall, maybe there's a blackout on stage planned for yeah. the end of a song mm, yeah. Yeah. and you don't, you just hear like a crash. <gasps> uh, I would like to resolve the final scene, please. Oh, there's yes. so much chaos, I'm not sure how to establish well, I mean, it feels like the logical thing is to pick up exactly where we left off. Mm. Yeah. Can can I set one outcome? Mm-hmm. Just because otherwise I think it might take a slightly dark turn. <laughs> I think that the auditorium is evacuated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah, If we could just set that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's only yeah. the, the people who've made bad decisions that are in danger in this scenario. Sure. Yeah. And Tito. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think maybe something happens... It might be a bit contrived, but a bit of the rigging catches fire, like a big bit of truss falls mm. and like blocks, forms a barrier between the stage and the auditorium. Does it fall on someone? Is somebody pinned under burning wreckage? I think it's probably only Greg that's at the front of the stage. Yeah. So I think maybe, in... maybe the boring teen guitarist. As yeah, well. but yeah, but she is a teenager, and so therefore immediately like backflips out of the way because she's so young she's and full spry. of life and spry. Yeah. Exactly, and she runs up to help her granddad out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's a sort of a sense of chaos of trying to get mm. off the stage and the rest of you know, Mike's roadies are trying to help people off the stage as much as possible. But in the carnage in the bedroom, we can see there's a big hole in the middle of the stage where the yeah. phallus has come down and broken through. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no sign of Bilbo. So shall we say that Greg is under a bit of rigging, a lighting bar? We, they, we... they can't be dead because that's no, no, a very short no. scene. T- <laughs> typical sort of pinned by the legs in, you know, yeah, just yeah, needs yeah, to be yeah. pulled out of there. Yeah. So. But there is, of course, a huge tiger stalking towards Greg. As if we needed any more peril, there's a tiger looking for an easy meal. So Greg sort of woozily comes to, like, he was in the middle of the, you know, beginning the final number. Mm. He was just, just gearing up for the vocals of the final number. And then everything went black and upside down for a bit. And then he sort of wakes up dazed, finds himself lying there, tries to move can't, feels pain, realises that his trouser leg is on fire, looks down to see that, to check out where the pain is coming from, and in looking at his leg also sees past the flaming lighting rig to the white tiger stalking towards him through the smoke and ash, mm-hmm. and the you know, still falling, splintering bits and pieces. Mm. And having inhaled a little bit of smoke, help, 
Help! And amidst the chaos, that is a very quiet sound. Help! And Greg reaches inside himself, summoning all of his training uh, over the past few weeks. Help me! Sue, uh, who had been so surprised, hasn't quite clocked that Bilbo is gone yet, because chaos has just happened all around at the same time, has been kind of staring wild-eyed, and then the, the call... Like, just locks eyes with Greg, sees what's happening, sees the tiger, and picks up her oboe. And Greg feels, the with the weight of the stuff on this, presumably, like, 60 or 70-year-old stage, yep. you know, with the fire eating away at it and the weight of the extra stuff on it, can feel the stage starting to give way underneath him. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's built on, like, an old swimming pool. Or it goes <laughs> it goes deeper than you'd expect. So they just built a stage to cover, like, the drop. So that's yeah. why the phallus went through the stage rather than just landing and bouncing off. And Greg so is you just... can't even see the phallus? Uh, just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg is trying to push the lighting rig off himself. And, you know, yeah. he's, not, he's not weak. You know, he's a stonemason. He's pushing. But he's finding that as he pushes up at the, at the rig, pinning him, he's cracking the stage more mm. under him. And so mm. he's just completely in this impasse. As you're trying to push more and more, trying to find that inner strength... Greg hears a familial voice of the master ringing in his ears, giving him advice from beyond the grave. Gregory! Gregory! In the astral plane, Greg's voice is back to, back to how the master always knew it. Master! Hello, Gregory. Any, any, any reason why I died? <laughs> did, we ever, did we ever cover that? I, I can't remember. The, the coroner said it was a medical mystery. Ah, seems legit. Well, you seem to be in a little pickle, my boy. Yes, master. I, I've forsaken your advice and, and, and yes. fallen into other ways. Yes. And now my stonemasonry skills that could save me in this situation probably somehow maybe have deserted me. But oh. you're here from beyond the grave. My boy, they never and, deserted you. They're always there, deep down inside of you. If you look at your hands now, you'll see the the spectral forms of a hammer and a chisel. And you will be able to use your skills once more to chisel your way out. (laughs) Yes. It is my final gift to you. Don't tell Mike that you were my favourite. Master! Meanwhile, Sue faces down against a giant white yeah. tigress. It's just that, that that slow meandering oboe, and she's slowly meandering towards it as she plays. Um, it, it's the, the kind of oboe uh, refrain that you might get when someone goes into a dream state, mm-hmm. or when someone um, in a film is like, they they they've died and they're like walking through the the fields of Elysium like the mm-hmm. weed fields like kind of <laughs> I can't do it my such, <laughs> such a great and it's it's like we're there now it's like we're in the Royal Albert Hall mm. just drink it in people the, then. Oh, drink it in people because wow. you'll never get a better oboe um, replica than what you're hearing uh, now mm. and of course the oboe 
a famously boring <laughs> instrument. The people Meandering. That, the people that play it, very boring people. That the, is not what I said. The tiger lets out an exasperated yawn. <laughs> falls asleep. <laughs> and falls asleep. <laughs> Greg comes to back to the real world from the astral plane and sees that he he has been delivered by the personage of death with an oboe. Yeah. And and feels invigorated by uh, the the kind words of of his master's spirit and feels watched over by the guardian spirit of Sue as death mm-hmm. uh, and feels as if. He clenches his hands as if holding a hammer and chisel. He can't see them, but they, he, he feels their weight. He sees the tip of the phallus protruding from the, sta- from the middle of the stage. He realises that the phallus is now holding up the stage. <laughs> Support phallus! A literal <laughs> erection! <laughs> and he says, Sue. Get to the wings, get to safety. But, Craig, what will you do? I will descend to the underworld. Just as it was foretold. <laughs> and as Sue flees, Greg picks up a fallen piece of masonry and, still pinned by the lighting rig, flings it at the stone, the tip of the stone phallus at just the angle to shatter it. <gasps> Sending the, himself and the entire stage plummeting into the understage. <laughs> As he plummets, uh, everything goes into slow motion for Greg. And uh, he remembers that night on the beach where he fully grew into his rock and roll persona, uh, was guided into it by Bilbo. And hears himself saying, better to burn out than fade away. <laughs> Amazing. Let's take a little sidestep backstage. There are still epilogues, character epilogues to experience. Mm -hmm. We have rolled the dice in front of us and we have determined uh, where we are going to be in the aftermath of this fiasco. So we're going to tell you, our audience, where we all stand and then we are going to play this epilogue. Here is the aftermath for good old Greg. Bitter. You know what it's like to be utterly crushed, casually brought low, forced to eat your own words and stand mute and powerless before your enemies. They gloat and you are helpless. It's not a great outcome for Greg. No. No. Poor Greg. Poor guy. How about Bilbo? Weak. Hey, you're busted, beat and broke down. But at least you've learnt a lesson about human greed and frailty, right? It'll serve you well in prison, which is where you are probably headed. <laughs> Why am I going to prison? Why is Bilbo going to prison? What? So, fan-fucking-tastic. It's fat times ahead, safe and secure. That thing that would make your life better? Oh, you got it. Absolutely. And then some. And then some more. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, I got... Awesome. Insanely great. You will emerge not only unscathed, but if there's a girl involved, she's dropping her drawers. 
You might even get rich off this caper. Who knows? Time for a new ride. <laughs> well, you seem to get a good out- outcome. Yeah. yeah. The twins made out like bandits. Oh, twins. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bilbo. Decades and decades of substance abuse. Living long past long past an age that any reasonable medical expert would say he should have died at. Once again, he escaped death by dodging nimbly, the falling phallus landing so close to him. He fell into the basement of the theatre, but was unscathed before being able to skitter away in the carnage before the stage came down on him. He escaped and was taken to hospital. This, I think, is Sue standing outside the Beanstalk Show Club thinking that she was the only one who made it out alive and her usual unflappable demeanour has has cracked and she is watching this place go up in flames which was her plan to be fair but she had not envisioned a world in which it had gone wrong for anyone other than Tito. So this is her stood outside watching the place burn, fully in belief that her brother, her best friend of all these years, and this new recruit that she'd sort of partially taken under her wing, he's here, it's her fault that he was there, are all dead. This is Mike. Lucky for him, the back wall of the, the stage fell through almost immediately because it wasn't kept to a very high standard. (laughs) He was able to simply step out of the building whilst everything raged round. That is him calmly walking round to the front of the building and meeting his sister. Oh. All right. All right. (laughs) This is Greg Nevin falling through the stage into the swimming pool it is built upon the stage and the lighting rig falling on top of him. Half expecting to land next to his mentor Bilbo, who he assumes also to have gone through the stage when the phallus fell, but finding himself instead alone as the space fills up with smoke. This is Bilbo. His recovery in hospital is long and arduous but not as long and arduous as the jail time that he had to serve. Taking full responsibility as the head of the band, legally, for the damages incurred, for murder, for uh, animal abuse, for a lifetime of illegal narcotic consumption, and for the outstanding arrest warrant in the Bahamas. <laughs> he spent the next few, few years of his life Not in a terrible prison, this man is rich after all, but in comfort, seeing his last days in prison as the front man of a prison band, singing Jailhouse Rock. This is Sue, a few months later, where the Sherpas are still going strong. We're on another tour. Mm -hmm. She's lead theremin player now. Which would suggest that there's another one still in the band. 
<laughs> yeah, I think the um, I think the the didgeridooist has started mm-hmm. picking up her second instrument, so she's not behind stage for ninety oh, percent okay. of the show. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. This is Mike returning to the funeral monument carving workshop and uh, opening its doors again and returning to doing the thing that he loved most, which is... Uh, lifting. Lifting. <laughs> and and carving cherubs with massive dolls. This is Greg. In the heavy metal rock and roll underworld. Mm. Flames, black rock, demons. And there he meets, once again, his master. Who says words to the effect of, that is not what I meant. (laughs) You fucking idiot. I didn't mean that, my boy. You feckless turd. (laughs) This is Bilbo. Eventually was released from prison due to good behaviour and a public campaign to have him released. And the warden of the prison he was in absolutely hating rock and roll. He was discharged, left financially ruined, alone, spent his last money on a one-way trip to the Bahamas, to his faded, dilapidated, empty mansion, where he finally died, three days before his 100th birthday, alone in his champagne hot tub, (laughs) watching the sunset. Uh, This is Sue, after touring with the band a little longer, having been given awards and accolades, installed in the halls of fame, Um, not just for rock and roll though, for um, services to uh, animal rights, because she's got a lot of money and she's not really the kind of person that actually spends it. She kind of, it's, it's, it's on a whim. Mm. So I think she's donated a lot of money to um, rehabilitation of illegal tiger pets and has been uh, acknowledged for that. Is she known as the Tiger Queen? Maybe, yeah. This is Mike, who brings in someone to start teaching how to, uh, to carve stone. And she happens to find his work some of the most fascinating and awe-inspiring creations that she's ever seen. They, they strike up a, a friendship which turns into a relationship and they eventually get married in a ceremony. At is, the age of... Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how old he is. Okay. Um, I haven't thought about the specifics. Sure. Um, all I do know is that uh, the ceremony is held in a place um, covered in cherubs. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is Greg's grave. (laughs) (laughs) Forever watched over by the lovingly kept, polished masterwork of Mike's. The dong that fell through the floor of the. Complete still with the with the crack that uh, Greg made in it with that final piece of masonry that has become Greg's headstone at his grave.
this is this is Sue visiting, going on uh, one final world tour, and it includes the graves of Bilbo in the Bahamas and Greg and the the remains of the Beanstalk Show Club, which has been rebuilt and is now probably like modern luxury flats. And there's it's the kind that have like a security guard that keeps trying to waft away this mad old lady. But then she stares at him and he goes, he leaves her alone. Yeah, going to visit all of their graves and leaving uh, an oboe reed on each one. This is Mike's final year. He's had a good run. The workshop is flourishing. Um, He's got more apprentices in. They carve different things to him, which he doesn't mind. He's decided not to take up residence where the master used to. He's got a a, a domicile next to the workshop um, in the industrial estate, <laughs> where he lives out his final days in peace, and is of course buried. And when he's buried, he has a beautiful, beautiful statue carved of a beautiful cherub. And that beautiful cherub has its modesty covered. <laughs> <laughs> Because it wasn't carved by him. (laughs) This is Greg. In the underworld. Making the best of it. Even though he wasn't one for very long, being a rocker in the underworld affords you some status. He's had to claw for it, but he's he's got it. And then one day, Bilbo arrives. (laughs) And Greg knows that his star is going to fall once again. (laughs) And this is Sue. At the same time that Mike passes away, Sue also, probably on a beach, hand full of seaweed and a petal in the other one, fades into nothingness. (gasps) A la Yoda. And assumes her true form of just the visage, the visage of death. And we'll just go and visit rockers. Anyone from the, like, anyone who has ever held an instrument and thought, fuck yeah. She'll visit them when it is their time and draw them to her with her creepy stare. And curtain. Yeah. <laughs> and roll. Rock and roll. This has been Monumental Exit, a studio production from Merely Roleplayers, starring Matt Boothman as Greg Nevin, Natalie Winter as Sue Sherpa, Alexander Pankhurst as Mike Sherpa, and Josh Yard as Bilbo Biltong. The theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst, and the episode was edited and produced by Matt Boothman. We were playing Fiasco, a role-playing game by Jason Morningstar, published by Bully Pulpit Games. Head to bullypulpitgames.com to find Fiasco and many, many Fiasco playsets, including After the Music Stopped, the one we were playing. 
Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on! Drop that dick. Drop the D. All together now, crowd. Drop that dick. Drop that dick. Oh, that's getting clipped. Operation Um, Dick Drop. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Dick Drop reporting the duty.